Why get a VL with two subbies? Stereotype with a huge intercooler. Doing it right might be like I'm confused. What's the attraction? But some dudes just love to lose traction. That cruise action, Saturday night. You can do it at the lights or get in a fight, right? You heard the systems bumping right. Welcome to Rogue Bogues Car Chat Episode 8. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget at Rogue Bogues Car Chat on Facebook. At Rogue Bogues on all your social media platforms and Rogue Bogues on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Justin, welcome. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just living the life here in uh, Melbourne out of lockdown. Yep. We're killing it down here. So, I mean, so what, Sydney had another 200 and something cases today. So, we're living the dream down here. So, but still wearing masks around everywhere. They'll be out by 2023, I'd, I'd guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, interesting times, everything. Just notice the roads is still quiet in Melbourne though, like um, doing the commentary for Channel 7 for the basketball Olympics and, and driving in at night and driving back. Like usually Melbourne's kind of busy, you know, it's not peak hour, but even eight, seven, eight, nine, ten at night, usually historically Melbourne would be- Oh, yeah. Still be cars on the road and, you yeah. know, dead, man. It's been dead the last two or three weeks. Even after lockdown, I think people are just so conditioned now to- just I'm staying at home. Not I like, must admit, I've become a full homebody. So it's, I think a lot of people have. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Like, so. and you know, it is a car chat, but it's it's just noticeable not seeing cars on the road. Like, yeah, even on weekends at times, like where where there usually be traffic, there's just nothing. Uh, peak hour is still peak hour. Obviously, people going to work, but I think everyone's just so used to work home as soon as possible. They don't want to go deal with putting masks on and go to shops and doing all that stuff yeah. and cafes. So they just, you know, it's. I oh, exactly, and um, and even having a chat to a few mates who, you know, one of them bought a brand new Toyota Prado thing, whatever the uh, those ones are, the expensive hundred thousand plus ones, and he goes, "Man, I bought it when it's a lockdown, thinking I'm going to be caravanning, going around everywhere, doing things." He goes, "I've literally driven the car up four or five times, and now he's saying, you know what, might punt it, what can make some money on it, and buy some other muscle cars that I can join tinker from home." So it's, the workaround um, would be to put his house up for sale. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. House up for sale, put the caravan on the back and go nomad. I believe yeah, I believe then you've got an out to yeah, well, um, go where you want. Yeah, well, my uncle and auntie doing the same thing at the yeah, moment. Yeah, they can't so do anything about it because yeah. you have no home address. So. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, they've rented theirs out, done that. So, literally, own properties rented out. So, now they're nomading. Yeah, so exactly. And if you're pulled over, you're, you're a meter from home because it's mm-hmm. being towed by your car. Exactly right. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. It's been kind of quiet as far as movement in the market, but what do you have for us as far as uh, movers and shakers? Yeah, look, I mean, a lot in auctions. I mean, and I'm, and I'm just seeing these different platforms and things popping up everywhere. So, I mean, every day on Facebook, there's a new one coming up. So, um, collecting cars and Chrome Temple and other things I'm seeing. Um, main thing around is um, what is happening with the market, like you're saying. So, there's a lot out there, but there's a lot getting passed in too. So, and I'm even notice, noticing on some of the places, I'll just update as being sold, but then I hear through other chats later, passed in, passed in, passed in. So, the old um, Duttons. Yep. <laughs> so, but um, onto that, yeah. So, collecting cars. Dot com. I mean, they, they had an auction on a white uh, W1, 1,425 Ks on the, on the clock. So, thinking, okay, so we've been saying for a while, we are seeing these things falling below this 400 grand mark and that they actually got passed in at 372,000. That is mind-boggling. Yeah. Passed in at yeah. 372. I mean, I mean, okay, maybe you get to the low fours, high four, but just, yes, 372 to pass in. It is low kilometers, but geez, that's- that's crazy. This, this is the thing now. I mean, there's a lot of people and I know a lot of W1 owners and they've all instilled in their mindset now that their cars are worth 600 plus. So, it's, um, you know, they see that as an insulting kind of number. But at the end of the day, that I know one of them did well at the time, paid 192000 for his and he <laughs> thinks it's worth 600 grand now. So, um, yeah. Unnamed, unnamed. Yep. So, um, 
But uh, yeah, one that um, Boomer, so Andrew Andrew Quinlan, Boomer, um, and I are watching is this Jaffa Orange C63. So this was like a motor show car that went around. So it was a one-off um, kind of color car. There, and we're going, shit. What, what's this thing worse? You know, it's not a C63. Factory or was it? Was it full? No, it was a factory. Everything factory co- orange non-modded car. So no, nah, no other things, just a color. So we thought, shit. If you got this, you know, being a one-off. You got it 60, 70 grand, pretty good, pretty good going. We're sitting back going, what's this going to go for? And even Boomer goes, I might have a crack if it's up around the 80 grand, might even go to that. So, but the, it failed to hit the reserve. So, failed to hit the reserve at 157,000. That's just bonkers. It's <laughs> not bonkers. That's that's fucked up. Like, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a one off color, man. Like, it's what were they new? I mean, look, they were high 100s if you look around for that, but um, you know, so what but, year? I think that one was like a 2000, it would have been 2008. And that's that's all we talk about. You just, you can't get, if it was a later model, 18, 19, you just can't get new cars right now. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. we'll talk, so, talk, talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, which, that's, yeah. And that wasn't even a C63S. So it's not the bi turbo newer one. That was a, yeah. But so, it's Jaffa Orange, though. That's Jaffa 20K Orange. on top of. Uh, well, very true. Standard. Yeah. So, another one in these pop-up shop places, Chrome Temple Motors had a VX GDS sold for 65100 So So, look, VX GDS is a, uh, commanding that kind of money Kilometers. right now. So, that one was 40-something thousand. Pretty sure it was British Racing Green, I think that was. But, um, yeah, look. It, that was a flagship color of them too, right? Well, yeah. it was. I mean, if you kind of look mm. at it, that my favorite was a red out of them, but the British Racing Green was, um, if you kind of look at the Bianchi 118 model cars, that one, and yeah, a bit of a poster boy car popped around. So it's, um, yeah, not a bad one, but um, on to the and massive Lloyd's auction. There was JDM stuff, USA muscle cars, Fords, Holdens, uh, works, man. So we'll step through see through some of the ones that I was kind of watching. 2004 Subaru STI in the blue, but higher K's 144,000 on the clock. 29,000 that went for, so um, plus a 7.5 buyers premium. So being um, being the 2004, so it was the two liter, not the um, 2.5 of the chocolate pistons. Not bad in the desirable color, but on the high K. So yeah, pretty good money there. Interesting one because I found this in um, looking the print of the ad. So advertised the R32 Skyline GDR was 16,800 on the clock. I'm like, holy fuck balls, this is going to pull some big dollars. <laughs> But Jap import with a replaced cluster. Yeah, asterisk. <laughs> so, asterisk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, so the cluster was replaced at sixty eight thousand five hundred. Doesn't say when it was, how many years ago, what <laughs> happened there. So yeah. So I so sorry, eighty thousand was replaced at, but that one still pulled sixty eight thousand five hundred. So still decent, yeah. But it would yeah. have been you know in the, in the triple digits if it was not replaced. You'd reckon or pushing it. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So. Pulsar GTIR with 148,000 Ks on the clock. This was cheap, went for 22,000 because the last one we saw was over a million dollars on car sales. <laughs> so, yep. because of the um, attached number plate. Yeah, so that's that's not bad buying. And a bit of an oddball car here. So, I like these things. It's a Toyota Celica GT4. So, the full-time all-wheel drive rally championship car. So, only 87,000 K on the clock, pulled 37,000. So, I think, um, you know, that's a cool thing. Got the there. silly car. Yeah, the silly car. Silly so. car. Interesting one here is a XE ESP replica, replica, <laughs> sold for 68,351. So, um, 351, huh? Yeah, got the 351. 68K for a replica, though. I know, I know. It's because they're not, yeah. Have they cracked, have they cracked six digits yet? 
Oh, uh, yeah, few of them have. Low, so. low, yeah. low, but still, for, for a replica to be yeah. that, that close to 100K is kind of mind-boggling. But I went searching through the American cars. So, they had um, Aussie Muscle stuff, then the American cars, and then going through the bottom of the American cars, I saw a BF Cobra and a GTF. <laughs> so... I don't know if this fucked up the prices here because that's a big fuck up. If um, and that's what gets me with auctions that you know you don't blame the people listing them, but it's generally a, a secretary or just someone that has no idea about cars, and you're selling cars that people are passionate about, and you can tell no fucks are really given a lot right. of a lot of times. Even yeah. the way they, even the photos they take, sometimes the write up. There's a lot of information that's wrong. You, I've even called some of these auction houses, and you talk to someone, and they have oh, I can't answer your questions. There's one guy that can answer your question. Yeah. And you're just like, well, you're selling a car for. You know, hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars. Like, at least have a guru that you can call to. Kind of like, what's that TV show where they get the guru in? Um, oh, like, um, what's that? The pawn shop one. Pawn shop, and they bring <laughs> yeah. in the guru. For, they bring in the expert for each item, and yeah, then, you know, at exactly. least have someone on call. You know, like, yeah. but that's that's where it is. It, it just shows the markets for auctions are just so in demand that you don't even have to have the right information out there. But if you were the if you were the seller of those two cars. <laughs> I'd be dead set pissed off, like because that's even that could have been a massive difference just having that underneath the Aussie muscle cars and good pump up. But and th- this is what annoys me: you pay pretty big fees, and even for the couple that you know I was involved in the Panorama W427 and the W1 Malou, that knowing that I'm paying money for them to do their job, yet you're doing. I've it. got to give all the facts about the car and all the selling points. You know, it's like paying a fucking real estate agent to come out. You might as well listen to yourself then exactly. at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly right. You're so. paying generally with auctions and even even hiring an agent to do stuff is because you don't want the hassle of doing mm-hmm. it and then you end up having more of a hassle because you're stressing out and you're like, you're not you're not presenting this yeah, as, as good as it is. Yeah, properly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yep. no doubt. So, but um, yeah, BF Cobra, manual one with uh, 84,000 Ks on the clock went for 62 and a half. So, if you kind of look the way those have been going lately- yeah, be pretty pretty pissed. And the GTF auto with four thousand k on the clock only pulled one hundred and fifty five. So you know we've seen what they've been getting listed and of late. So it's um yeah. So any auction place out there, just make sure just do the right thing, list them properly, make sure you're in the correct categories. On to one of uh, Charlie Dixon's favourite is the FPV uh, GS Ute. So um yeah, the supercharged engine. 100,000 K on the clock pulled 39 and a half. So it was um good one to watch there. So absolutely love those and he's a big fan of them too. Onto some of the Holden stuff. So HSV Gen F2 GDSR with only 323 kilometers on the, on the clock in silver by memory. Uh, pulled 255,000. So that, that's pretty respectable for it's really good, yeah, for for still for- hovering around mm-hmm. those big dollars. VF Series 2 Director which is a sticker pack car, let's be honest. Build number five, though. So, you, Bogut, you love your numbers, build numbers. Yeah, of course. Yeah, big numbers, man. 119,000 <laughs> that, that actually pulled, so. Pretty good. It is, actually. GDSR Malou with the Walkinshaw 557 pack and 22,000 Ks on the clock, 165,000. Yep. One here for the high K1s. This is what I kind of thought it's good to watch here, considering thousands of them made, but just a Gen F uh, GDS. In the silver, eighty four thousand k on the clock pulled seventy seven thousand. So um, still holding, yeah, still, still holding. Right. But I still think had the exact same car with a sunroof, seven thousand k on the clock. I paid sixty eight grand for mine. What you, you got your money back, didn't you? Pretty much, I made to, money on that. You one. I sold yeah. it, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think I sold that for mid seventies, like similar kind of money. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I absolutely hated that car, so. Don't miss it one a bit. X-Cop car, VZ, Hazard Yellow, 110,000K on the clock. What do you think that pulled? <laughs> yeah, it's mind-boggling. 
Yeah. 45K. 45 fucking grand for that. A nothing car, really. Oh, exactly. Mm. But someone- to someone it wasn't. <laughs> to someone, someone loves them. Someone yeah. loves them. So, black W427 with 37,000K on the clock. This is good dollars, 185 grand for that. So. Yeah, and it, lo- but it looks like Ws have kind of found their price point, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah, they, I they're, think they're all going to sit around that. They're, so. they're, they're, you know, between your 140 for a high K to about 2, 205, yeah. 210, I think that's the market for them, which they've, they've held steady now for the last 12, 12 odd months, um, right after you got rid of yours, really. Yeah, exactly. So, um, had- about um, oh, at least 17 messages came through after that going, you must be kicking yourself for selling mine. But That's how it goes. Hey, well. You win and you lose. Well, I said I moved that money, put in a property, made money on the property. Yeah. I could pull it out and buy another one tomorrow. So, it's, um, yeah. It is what it is. Exactly. Now, the big fanboy car of it all is a VN Group A, build number two, 37,000 calendar clock, 341,000. Yeah, that, that's just, I mean, what do you reckon that what the upcharge was for it being- 002. Yeah, see, 002, I mean, I get it being an early one. And look, if you look at it, say, prototype and all that being number one, you kind of go, well, it is. Oh, kind of the tax on it, though? Those Ks, if it's a build number 300, what are we looking at? 300K? Maybe 40K yeah, tax? Yeah, I mean, you probably say, though, they are comfortably that 220 to 250 for a pretty tidy one now, if you look at it. So, yeah, that's your pretty much your overs on that. So, but you got to think that's still plus 7.5% too. Yeah, so. just crazy. Like, yeah, we laugh about the build numbers, but I'm, I'm not paying 100K over for a build number. Like, yeah. I'm just not doing it, but each to their own. Yep. And, um, Walkie with 88,000 K on the clock, 235 grand. So I think they've, they've found their mark now. They all seem to be sitting around that. So. Yeah. And if you've got a low K, you're probably pushing half a mil now. You know, yeah. if you've got under 10,000 Ks, <laughs> exactly. You're pushing some good numbers. Yep. Exactly right. Now, there was a Valiant Pacer in this auction that made, uh, pulled 69,000. So my former car. Yeah. It was my first actual Australian muscle car purchase, I believe. It was my first muscle car purchase, period. Yeah. Um, bought that in 2000. So funny story about that was everyone out there don't give me shit, but I didn't know I'd never driven manual before, right? Yeah. So, um, I'd moved to the States when I was what 17, 18. I had a VS Bellina as a young kid, which was auto that I did my L's on. And then I was already, I moved to the AIS. Yeah. Stopped kind of driving, didn't have my license, and then went to the States, got my license there, bought an auto car. Yeah. So, never, never even had a chance to learn manual really. Um, but obviously knew the intricacies of it and, what yep. you had to do, clutch, change gear. Like, it's not yeah. that hard, just following cars and knowing cars, but never physically did it, right? So, mm-hmm. I see this Valiant Pacer. I'm like, fuck, oh, it's awesome. Like, the Wog Boy, the movie. Like, yeah. I wanted that to be my first car, first muscle car purchase. So, the year after I got drafted, played that NBA season, came back and, and bought the car. Mm-hmm. A guy in Dufton owned it, and he was a Valiant Mopar aficionado, like, full on. And remember paying for it in cash, went and picked it up, and then had to take my dad because I didn't know how to drive it. I didn't have I didn't have a manual license, didn't yeah. know how to drive manual. And on top of that, it's a Valiant, you know, yeah. drum brakes, no power steering. So, that's not the f- car I want to learn manual on, right? Mm. So, I bought this thing and I remember couldn't drive it the first day. Yeah. So, I told my dad, can you just take me for a spin once we got home? And it pissed me off so much that I, um, my parents still had one of their old uh, Hyundai Accents, which was a manual, which was a work car that my mum used to deliver to. We had it. We gave it to one of our cousins. Yeah. And I got my sister to literally teach me manual in a night and learnt that night and then took the Valiant out after that, but like had to get off my ass and actually go and learn how to, how to drive it because of that car. Yeah. And then ended up butchering it. 
I took the um the original motor out, put a V8 yeah, in. Yeah, put the V8 in it, yeah. And pretty stupid, but, you know, it was my first car. I didn't know any better. Put rims on it, did all that dumb stuff, got, got all that out of my system. And apparently the bloke that I bought it off found out and was livid, like wanted to kill me basically, <laughs> Mopar guy. And But, yeah, that car sold 69K and that's a custom. So, yeah. you know, I like to think with the original motor, you know, they're, they're hard oh, to yeah. find now, probably pushing 100K. Oh, easy. So, but you didn't think about just converting it to auto to a Joe Ingles? To a Joe Ingles. <laughs> Joe Ingles. Nah, nah. Nah, definitely, definitely wasn't thinking about that because um, I always wanted to, you know, drive manual cars when I, once I had money and coin because I feel like for those some of those older cars, the autos were shit house first and foremost in the 80s and 90s anyway. Yeah. You just, you want to drive the car. For a muscle car, you want to drive it. You have to, you know, you're not, you're not picking up your phone driving that fucking thing. Like, oh, exactly. That Valiant yeah. Pacer, man. Like, yeah. if you're not concentrating about- <laughs> easing into corners, accelerating into cor- you know into the corner instead of breaking into the like you're going off a cliff, mate. So oh, exactly, <laughs> that's the fun part of those old old cars. And you'd almost recommend people going for their license these days to be made to drive those cars. I reckon. I yeah, I mean, I was I was forced. So yeah, and yeah, I mean, if you remember my parents' old place and the yeah. way that the Twisties. way that road was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was told. Verse down the bottom, my first thing learning is hill start. So, yeah. oh, and, um, and then hill start without power brakes, without, yeah. you know, like in that Valiant, when I, I'd still be like years on, be nervous if I was at a, at a traffic light that was a hill and that fucking thing. <laughs> I was like, oh, you, exactly. you know, you stall it and then some idiot's literally on your tailgate and you're like, if this rolls one, <laughs> one millimeter, yeah. I'm hitting the guy. But nah, like if you people out there listening, you got young kids and you want to, dr- to teach them how to drive and actually have skills to drive. Put yeah. them in an old school manual car to learn, and then once they get their car, put them in something safe, safer, and, and easier, and, and more convenient. But yeah, you you can't fault learning on on an old shit. Oh, box. definitely. Yeah, we should work it out when Joe's back. Do a live <laughs> a live feed rogue boats of manual lessons with Joe Ingles. Oh, it'd be hilarious, man! It'd be <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. God. Oh, well, that's um yeah the main highlights out of the uh, auctions, but um there are some big big cars coming up soon, so especially um check out there. Definitely watch um watch Grays Online because um we've been uh, given a few snippets of some cool stuff coming up. So um hopefully we should see some big numbers as well and some very very rare cars on the horizon. Yeah, we'll keep a lookout. All right, on to news. So production of the Chev Camaro sports car will end. In 2024, it won't be a seventh generation successor. Instead, the sports car's place in the American brand's range will be filled by a new don't say it, don't say it electric performance sedan due in 2025. It's just, this is mind boggling, especially that I don't get it how the whole, I mean, us sending over the Commodores and things, you know, some good sedan performance cars and then kind of fizzles away and then- they're going to be doing the same thing, replacing. I think that component of the sports sedan, but well, the writing's on the wall. Electric, and we'll, we'll touch yeah. on it shortly. But the writing's on the wall. What's going on? Like it's it's, it's yeah. easy to figure out with fuel and batteries and, and and the environment and all these pushes that I think the car dealers are getting the heads up from government that you, you need to move on from the from the brute six liter, yeah, six point two liter V eights. We're not going to allow those on their roads on on our roads anymore from brand new. So I reckon they're just getting it. That's my conspiracy theory. I reckon they're getting ahead of the curve and they're just saying like, fuck, we're not going to even if we make one. It's, oh, not, it's not going to be legal. Yeah, exactly. So, they've jumped on that. But yeah, man, I mean- And then it was always interesting with the, the four-doors that we sent over there. They just never took off. Like, people just don't- No, they didn't. It's like, cultural in Australia. Like, because they couldn't understand it. I used to talk to muscle car people over there. They're like, a muscle car generally is meant to be two doors, like mm. a sports sports muscle car or a muscle car, right? So, especially the Mustangs and the Camaros, that's, you know, the Dodge Challengers, that's what they grew up with. And over here, it's more like, yeah, we want that muscle car. 
we want that power, but we also want to be able to put the kids yeah. and the groceries in the back. <laughs> so but it's just I a different culture. I think that's like it's about having your, your typical American American pickup truck. Yeah. That's your, you know. Everyday, yeah. Yeah, everyday runaround. And then your Sunday fun day is your Corvette, your Camaro, your yeah. Mustang. It's just like, interesting. It's just all, all built on culture and nothing else because you'd see them over there and everyone would think, you know, the, the, when the, when the was the VE equivalent went over there yeah. and the Pontiacs, no one knew what it was. I was just like, oh, just the four-door car can't be that quick and you could surprise some people. But, yeah, it's just interesting how culture plays in, in yeah. what cars are popular and what aren't. Oh, exactly. But I still kind of think of, of Texas, just how they're still so very – Minded towards V8s, and it's just that's that's, that's everything. Truck that's everything culture there. as well. Yeah, yeah, they're big on V8s. And, but you just kind of think of how electric cars are really, you know, will, will it take off their houses? Well, I had the Raptor, that Raptor in in the states when I was there the last run with the Golden State Warriors in 2018, and mm. that was the V6, and it just didn't feel right. It just didn't. Yeah. I, I had the the V8 Raptor before that, the generation previous that, and well, no, honestly, the V6 is probably quicker, the twin turbo, but it didn't feel right. It didn't sound right. It farted as it was going down the street. It was yeah. this big, big bulky you know cars got the trucks got presence and it's you know it's it's putting along it didn't feel right so i mean probably a mental thing because what you're used to but yeah you're right once they get battery operated and imagine not hearing that fucking thing coming and turning around exactly (laughs) battery powered shit yeah it's right in your grill about to run you over yeah that's the other thing these battery cars man if you're a pedestrian (laughs) exactly everyone's walking around there on their phones these days or headphones in, like you're getting collected. Like, yep. you know, these battery cars is going to- I was thinking the same thing on, all right, so it was a kind of trip into the future for me a few months ago. I went to Hamilton Island. Anyone goes to Hamilton Island knows you're riding around on golf buggies everywhere. It's the same thing, mate. Yeah, double parked on the beers, walking around the corner, you get slammed into by um by a pack of blokes in a golf buggy flying yeah. around. You, you don't hear it and that's, that's what it's going to be like. So Yeah, yeah it's um, going to be interesting. Just in high, especially high density. High density areas where there's a lot of pedestrians and foot traffic. It's like you, you better have your head on a swivel, especially yeah. the amount of people who just get collected by trams alone, being on their phones. You oh, know, exactly. And they're, they're loud, ding. Like you yep. can hear those fucking things coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little Tesla sneaks up. Anyway, on to the next one. Someone commissioned a custom built Ute version of a Bentley Flying Spur W12 limousine. I posted some. You, you posted some pics on the car chat Facebook page. Hilarious. Reminds me of Stuart Appleby when he made an E39 M5 Ute. But yeah. So- yeah. Yeah, I thought this was a um, look. I mean, wasn't the greatest looking thing. It's in purple and all the polished wood and everything in the back. So, but it's in- interesting to go out and get that done. So I reckon that's um, that's definitely along the lines of um, yeah. Not saying you've got um, not saying you got too much money <laughs> in a way. So you go you go get that done. It's um, it was an earlier model though, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was like a. I would have been um, between. 2012, 2014, yeah, it was around a, that. It was an old model, so yeah. out of warranty at that point anyway. That, that engine goes, you're in, you're in big trouble. So yeah, exactly. So but yeah, the thing was was blood ugly in my opinion. Wasn't, <laughs> oh, was not, was was not a fan. Horrid, horrid, horrid. But uh, yeah, definitely jump onto the um, Facebook page and check out some photos of that. So onto the next, the Tesla Cybertruck looks like it won't be ready for customer deliveries until 2022 due to some semiconductor shortages. Yeah, so those chips again. This truck just absolutely blows my mind away. They're just the amount of orders that that got and um, why it still looks like that. So, but um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I just think in general that it was just more about the semiconductor shortages. It's is just piling on top of piling so and i reckon 2012 is going to get pushed out even further again so well our friends over in those unfortunate third world countries just aren't digging enough lithium <laughs> up and enough resources and materials to yeah, no. to fulfill the need and that's the other thing with with electric cars and, and mm-hmm. the push for everything to be sustainable 
technically when you're digging up earth at a rapid rate, is it yeah. that is it still su- sustainable, right? Um, yeah. And now you're going to have shortages because the more you move away from petrol, mm-hmm. petrol cars generally don't have a lot of hardware in them chip-wise and maybe just for your your, uh, your computer system, maybe a few other things. I mean, the Beamers now have, have a fair bit of technology, yeah. but then you go on all electric mm-hmm. with batteries and monitoring and all that. That's a whole lot more hardware you got to dig up. So, oh, exactly. It's going to be pretty interesting to watch that. And on that note, did you see the fire out in uh, – where was it? It was in Victoria? Yeah, actually, yeah. That was bloody – Morable. Mm-hmm. Well, a large blaze of Victoria's big battery project – has been brought under control by firefighters after burning for more than how long do you think this thing burnt for? Oh, jeez, I feel I can probably fifteen hours or something. Three days. Three days. Three days, and because I heard on the radio, they were, they, were, they were trying to figure out the firefighters couldn't figure out how to put the thing out. They, yeah. were, they were clutching at straws. They're trying everything. The fucking thing would not go out. Yeah, three days this thing took to. But that's that's the other side of this sustainable argument with th- these batteries. Once they catch fire, yeah, you're, you're in all kinds of trouble. You're, you've got to wait till that thing just burns itself out. Really, you're not doing a whole lot to put it out. So there, there could be some safety concerns in the future. We see. Well, I think with that as well, it has a real toxic. Like very toxic. Yeah, it's very toxic straight away. And apparently that's where it hits you first. You get that and then you're pretty much already yeah. fucked by the time the fire well, starts. Well, so. it was a Tesla battery bank caught fire while it was set up, being set up in Morrible on Friday morning and then spread to a second battery. The fire burned throughout the weekend into a fourth day before it was declared under control just after 3 p.m. on Monday. Fire crews will remain at the site for the next 24 hours as a precaution. Investigations as to how the fire started will soon begin with multiple agents, blah, blah, blah. 300 megawatt battery project is being produced by French renewable energy giant Neon Neon and was registered with the energy market operator on 28th of July. So, I mean, this is going to be well, what we're seeing now, you know, I think down the track is not, not just with with plants, but with cars. So, I think um, the technology is getting better, obviously, but when things go wrong with this, it's it's, it's an absolute mindfuck to put out. So, yeah. three days, when I saw three days, I was like, holy shit, imagine that was, you know, you, you'd probably be a little stressed if those plants are being built within a residential area or, mm. or close to even 10 k's away because you're yeah. going to smell that for, <laughs> for three days. Oh, yeah. Whereas, you know, a regular factory fire or fuel fire, you're pretty getting, you're getting under control in a couple of hours. Mm. Um, so, then you have the reverse effect of, of climate change with something burning for three days. Yeah, exactly. Rather than, you know, a couple of hours. So, yeah, yeah interesting one I saw in court and thought I'd discuss. But mm. Lemon Laws, what do you have? You've got some- Yeah, so, um, interesting thing. So, made of mine bought a new car- won't mention manufacturer or anything, but um, just started having a few phone syncing issues and in bits Australia, and pieces in Australia, of course. Because they have the law in the US, the lemon yeah, law. Yeah, there is a lemon what law. What is it? It's third time, right? Third yeah, time is, for yeah. a repair, you get either a refund or a new car. Yep. We don't have so, those in Australia? No. So, I was reading about that. And look, I mean, I just looked at Australia in general. I haven't put it down to states or anything, but it's just pretty much saying that um, Australia's not- currently have a national law that um, specifically aims to protect new car buyers by spelling out when a manufacturer or supplier must repair, replace, or refund a customer's car. So, yeah, it puts it in a bit of a bad position, which I, I guess it comes down to the manufacturer just trying to do the right thing and how far you push it. Anyway, um, mate of mine, yeah, he went out, bought a car, waited a, wait a while for it, but then just started having some gremlins at the start. So, started from phone syncing kind of issues, went back in that it was just kept trying to search for the phone all the time. That was piss off factor number one, you know. So, he's a sales rep, daily driver, phone's not syncing, that's already an issue. Goes back, they said, yeah, okay, we'll fix it up, replaced it, still kept happening again. And then um, after some heavy rain, 
went out. The car was um, car was parked in near Richmond, pissed down with rain, everything, and then he had started having multiple <laughs> kind of issues around. He's driving along, tailgate just starts going up. So closing that, going up again, and that was pissed me off. Went back in, and they said, "Yeah, we'll check it." And this is a top of the range car in this, and then he was just getting given probably. Um, another model in their lineup but a bottom of the range one then so he's paying lease payments on this like high-end lease payments <laughs> in a day issue after issue the car was in um out of about nine months of ownership close to about seven months going back and forwards to this so this whole period of time he's driving this bottom of the range not kind only of car. That, what they don't factor in is you're, you're wasting time going to the fucking yeah going back and forwards everything yeah, and putting you out with your day your time your weekend. yeah yep. exactly so gets to the point that he's telling him replace it no, no, no. They kept trying to fix things up. Should be good now. Should be good. And that's what I kept hearing all the time. And then he's saying, no, I want a, I want a new one. Didn't really happen. So he cracked it, spoke to a no win, no pay solicitor. They then got involved and then pretty much he was just going after refund on this. He goes, no, nah, fuck this. I'm over it. Like, this is just bad customer service. Anyway, it gets to the point, pushed it pretty hard that about to go there, they tried settling out of court saying they'll replace the car. Is it just said, oh, no, you've had your chance of that. But he pushed it all the way. Got a refund. Also got as well, they covered other legal fees, so that's all sorted. And then also as well paid um, a difference in repayments as to, as to what that would be because he goes, well, that have roughly worked out. It was just under seven months. Well, then you pay the difference because if I was to buy this, you know, if I was to buy the cars for not driving the whole time, that uh, was close to about, he's saying it was, I think it was 680 bucks or whatever was the difference. They kind of worked out yep. those those lease repayments would be. So got refunded in the end, but it's just, yeah, it's one of those things. Um, just really got me thinking is where that protection is. So if, um, I've had those circumstances in the in the past. We've had also mutual friends also had it where you have had good manufacturers replacing these cars and even down to paint imperfections and things you hear about, you know, and if you, um yeah, I'm interested to hear more stories around this if there has been kind of success stories. So the- Well, Jeep was a notorious one back in the day, right? Oh, yeah. Three, three, four years ago, five years ago. Remember you used to see Jeeps- Everywhere for like a good three year span, yeah. And now you don't see him anyway. I don't see him. I don't see him on the road anymore. You see yeah. a Wrangler every now and then. You see that ugly ass Ute Wrangler they got now. Yeah. Apologies if anyone, any of our listeners own that, but it is butt ugly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the Jeeps were notorious, and um, it's just they want you. You got to go to the lawyers and have some coin to actually fight them. It's just ridiculous that there's no kind of legislation. The way I see it is, I um, had a family member. I won't name the car, but had issues of leaks through the sunroof. Yeah. So brand new car. Yep. Um, leaks were coming into the sunroof. They weren't draining properly, and and he said he went to a car wash under a thousand kilometers. Brand new mm-hmm. car, high end car, and yep. starts raining on his head through the sunroof. Right. So. Yep. Takes it back. They fix it. They say, oh, it was just the sunroof. The sunroof wasn't locking completely. wasn't sealing completely. It was kind of in a half tilt. Thought it was in a half tilt, but thought it was closed, but it was still in a half tilt. But you couldn't see the tilt. It was just really small, right? Yeah. But enough for water to get through. So, oh, we fixed it, this, that, this, that. So, they fix it. He said it's good for about a week or two. Goes through a car wash again two weeks later. So, this guy's methodical. Goes through a, a, a touch-free car wash week uh, every weekend. Yep. Drives to work Monday to Friday. Washes it Saturday. Same thing again. Takes it back. I oh, will fix it. This, that, this, that. He had issues with one of his key fobs, not remembering all the all the settings. You know, you can set it to like yeah. car mirrors, all that kind of shit. Wasn't remembering anything. Other key fob worked. Anyway, they fixed it again. And he, I'm like, I was telling him, mate, like, 
God knows where water's got to. Like your electric, because he had electrical faults starting coming up, different lights coming up, and I'm like, mate, there's water's gotten to into your system 110 percent, right? So then he's driving, and then his amp blows, (laughs) completely blows, loses all base in his car, and so I said, man, like, what are you doing? Oh, you know, he's a nice guy. The service guys are taking care of me. They keep fixing it. I said, mate, go in there and say you don't want this fucking car anymore. Like Mm. that's ridiculous. This is the fourth time now. You're wasting your time. You need to, unfortunately, need to be a prick. You need to be a prick and stand up and say, look. Either replace my car or give me my cash back, and I'm not taking no other no other questions, no you know no other answers. Sorry, and he ended up. I'm not sure. He said, you know, he, he kind of didn't name drop me, but just said, oh, you know, look, my family members are a bit pissed about this, and I think they within within a couple of days. I told you about it as yeah. well. You made some calls. Yeah, about I did. Yeah, no one having a contact there about how to go about it, and then I don't know if that factored into it, but within within three or four days, they said, oh, you're in luck. We found we found another car for you. Usually, it takes months to you know hash out, but we we found a car for you, and, and he got a swap. But you know, he's a nice guy, right? But yeah. most people are nice people, but I'm not. So if you're screwing me over. Man, after the second time, second league, I'm done with the car. I'm leaving the cars. I'm leaving the keys on your desk and saying, I'm not taking this car. You figure it out. Either want the money wired in my account by Monday or Tuesday, or you find me this exact car that I want, mm-hmm. and then we, then we can do business. But like you said, man, there's just no avenue for most regular people. If you're buying a $50,000 car and don't have money for lawyers or don't have money to waste your time, what do you do? Oh, it's, it's spot on. And, and that's the thing that if you just have those people just way, way too nice, so they just get burnt all the time. And the most- Annoying part when my mate's telling me this whole story is just that how, and that's how I can't mention the manufacturer because as part of getting all this settlement, all the documentation he had to sign to pretty much say that he can't mention this anywhere or this, it's just mind-boggling. Just people need to that know, brand yeah. protection exactly, so. and they they look. You, you don't want people to defame brands for no reason, and I'm sure yeah. there are people out there that you know for whatever reason hate a brand because oh it's not as fast as I thought it was, or yeah. you know stupid reason you bought the car, mate. But there's 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 majority the percentage would weigh heavily in the other way where people are absolutely getting screwed and going back and forth, back and forth. Oh, it's just this, we'll fix it, and then something else goes. Like there should be a three strike rule for major issues. If it's something small like a little seal or a pin or you know a little screw or something. That, that just a little clips come undone. All right, you get it, you understand. But if it's water leak issues or the same guy, unfortunately, had had an issue with another car where his accelerator pedal snapped clean off, <laughs> brand new car, <laughs> he's like completely snapped off, and, wow. and he brand new car. Um, then figured out, you know, the undercarriage of this whole car was completely rusted out. Yeah, brand new. Yeah, off the off the boats, off the docks, all rusted underneath. Yeah, snap, and they were still giving him grief. I'm like, mate, like your car's rusted out. Like get a new car and then he ended up getting a refund and not 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 ever buying that brand again. But it's just unfortunate for everyday people because that they would just end up taking taking the the shit sandwich and just being like, oh, you know, okay, I'll make it work. And then they're stuck with the yeah bag of shit. And that's that's why I like sticking to um if I do find a brand that especially just for knock around daily day to day stuff all the time if they're really really good from the service department everything because you know especially just buying it. it you know the higher end brand stuff as well. You you want them to go over and above. You know just the little things like that. If you go down there, that they'll wash your car, put a bottle of water in it, just all those. And you're going to get things make make a difference. You're going to get every maker's going to have a lemon or two. It happens, right? Yeah. It's just how you handle that when it happens. Yeah. Like I'm not saying you can buy a Bentley, you could buy a BMW, you could buy a Mercedes, you could buy a Toyota Corolla. Like yeah. it's going to be you're going to have issues at times. At time you're going to have sometimes one out of a thousand, one out of whatever is going to have major issues. Yeah. It's how these dealers 
are told to handle that. That's fucking shit. It's, right. you know, that that's- You got to have half a brain if you're a car dealer of like, hey, this guy's got a coin. He bought a Mercedes or a BMW or whatever and repeat business. Let's look after him, make sure everything's all right. But that's just out the door. The dealers, you know, everything's about- Mass sales about getting in, getting going in the door, in a car, out the door, where yeah. that customer service is long gone in most dealers. So, I'd be interested, interested to hear if we have dealers out there listening as well that supply that service these days because it is very, very rare. And, and when you find one, yeah, you stick to them. I mean, I, I got my car serviced. Um, shout out to BMW in Mornington um, a couple of days ago, and they were awesome. Like, yeah. um, had to get the car service, had an engine light. They got me in straight away. It was serviced within six hours. Went and picked it up. They were easy to deal with. Um, but I've also had a few Sydney dealers uh, when I was getting my BMWs serviced up there playing for the Kings that were just a fucking nightmare to deal with you know yeah. and they're franchised out now so oh, they're, yeah. they're all privately owned by different people that might own two or three in the area and yeah. it just becomes a turnover issue where they, they're just trying to get in and out of the door and yeah. they're not doing the job properly there's amazing little things like when I have my FADM3 um, bought that was already out of warranty because downpipes everything done to it as I modify cars anyway I've, I had a fault come up went to um, went to local BMW dealership and just said hey this code's come up you know, spoke to the guy on service. Do you mind just telling me what what this is? And he goes, "Oh, we could do it um four hundred bucks." I'm just like, just really to just run a code and tell me what it is. And he goes, "Well, did you buy the car from here?" I said, "No." Nah. And he goes, "Well, you didn't buy the car from here, so four hundred bucks." I go, "Don't worry about it." So I just went to like Eastern BMW. They did it for me on the spot, like literally under under a minute. Plugged it in, told me what it is straight away. But then when you think about it, that since M bought a brand new X5. Brand yeah, new M five fifty. Like you think about the flow and effect of that going. If that's a good level of customer service, that's what happens. And you, you might know? be so, you might be okay spending a thousand bucks more on a sticker price than someone else. Yeah, exactly. If you're like, okay, happened. they're going to throw in a good service. It's easy to deal yeah. with. It's not wasting my time. And you do that. I mean, and and that thing. If you know that that dealership's going to go over and above. Yeah. So yeah. So think about that. So definitely, any dealerships out there, or even doesn't matter what you're doing there, the little touches and extra bits and pieces go a long way. So. No doubt, no doubt. Any dealers out there, let us know if you're the dealer that, that provides all that service and we'll shout you out. Yeah, and if you do have one of those Jeep Gladiators, please lend it to Bogues. He's happy to drive it around. <laughs> I just feel like they're going to tip over. <laughs> Whenever I see him, I just feel like if you went and just like smacked him with your <laughs> index finger, they would just lose traction and fall over. <laughs> That's what I feel like anyway. And I had a Wrangler, people. Yeah. I had a Jeep Wrangler in the States, not the Ute. I had a Jeep Wrangler, so I, I didn't mind him, but the Ute just, oh. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks like a cardboard box on wheels. But Chrome Watch Victoria, a nice little announcement here. Bye, bye, bye is the headline. Yesterday, we bowed a farewell to Westgate Highway Patrol's last issued SS Holden Commodore 1MP 5GW built in August 2017 and received by Westgate Highway Patrol in August 2018. Here it is pictured with its replacement being a white BMW sedan. Um, so, that's on Crime Watch. Victoria, if you want to check it out, a couple of photos trying to blend in. Nice of the cops to go from a, from HSV to the equivalent of one up with some BMW. Nice leather seats, keep more comfortable. Oh, exactly. Plenty of cup holders, yeah. a few donut trays in them as well. You can get at it on. I think they can change the ambient lighting too. Depends on their mood. Yeah, <laughs> just, just red or straight red or blue. But <laughs> geez, they're getting some nice cars in Victoria Police. Mate. Oh, they are. Taxes at work. Actually, saw um saw a post the other day about trying to get the um the Dodge. Dodge charges from over in the states to potentially bring those. What's the point? They can't. They can't. This is what I get. We don't get. Just give them a Toyota Camry. They can't car chase anyway. Oh, exactly. Well, what is it? It's like as soon as it gets over a certain amount, they they just basically take your take your plate, get the air wing out, and they have to cut it cut it off. Yeah, like, if yeah, you're in a exactly. residential area. So, what do you yeah. need that high powered car for? Most people pull over. Ninety nine percent people pull over. So you can pull them over on a moped for all mm -hmm. I care. 
Why, why are they driving a around? A five series BMW is pretty nice, so. Yeah, but why are they driving around <laughs> in a five series? Why are we spending money on a five series BMW for the whole police force? Like, it just makes no sense to me. Yeah, no, we should be Get spending. Get a Stinger. Kia Stinger, you know, be money efficient. You still got a bit of power yeah. there, 60K fully exactly. loaded. That's more money can go towards the Pfizer vaccines and everything to bring that out. So Exactly right. Yeah, more, more for mask compliance and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, but yeah. I did get that. I was actually going for a run because I didn't have my mask on. That's why I didn't have my mask on. Um, but- I got pulled over in very, very nice five series sedan, and they look comfortable in that. And they're just telling me off about not having a mask at the time. Outside, so, outside by yeah. yourself. Yeah, by myself. No one near you. Yeah, it would have been about six forty-five in the morning. No one solo, solo. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, people. I'm, I'm the for and against mask debate, whatever it is. But exercising out in a park by yourself. Mm-hmm. And seeing people wearing a mask—that's your your decision. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to walk around outside with a with a mask on. Sorry. Um, Wonder would have been the same if, if I, I had a hat, cr- hoodie up, mask on, walk. If around I'm in a crowd, it's a different <laughs> story. If you're at the MCG outside, all right, I get it. I understand yeah. the logic, but you're walking around in a park by yourself, and you've got a you have to you're made to wear a mask is just oh. absolutely bonkers to me. But story for another day. That's it. Um, moving on, we'll finish off with a few Q and A's, and then get to a, a good transport scam story mm. that you have for us. We've all dealt with transport companies, but let's roll with the Q&A. First one, Michael here. I saw you guys posted a VN Group A with the larger factory wheels. Are you guys actually a fan of this kind of look? Justin? Yes. So, um, post that up. So, um, yeah, set of 19-inch VN Group A wheels were made. Um, only a few sets, but um, look, I, I think it looked great on that. 20-inch tri-spokes, absolutely, utterly fucking trash. Andrew... Quinlan, Boomer, yes, absolutely fucking trash. Every set, you need to burn them, torch it, whatever you got to do. They are absolutely disgusting, but um, I must say those VN Group A wheels look good. And look, each their own. I get it. I understand those kind of looks, but yeah, it's just got to be the right car. But um, they, they look all right on that. Yeah. Everyone's they were got, factory 15, 16s, weren't uh, they? 17s, those ones. They were? Yeah, the VM. Oh, really? Yeah, they, look they, they do look a bit smaller. Yeah, um, jumping up two sizes. I'm not a huge fan of the way it looked. I think, yeah. I just, it does I just, have the whole Hot Wheels kind of car yeah, look I used to it, love, like, love customizing stuff, but now I think like the factory, not like a Group A, VN Group A, a Brocky, whatever, like I think factory, just something nostalgic yeah. about it. If you're going to go custom, I think go full custom and mod it and- yeah, look, and, and that's thing, I mean, if you have made a replica VM Group A, absolutely off its head, you know, supercharged, means, yeah. Yeah, yeah. done LSA conversion, you've done that look cool, I get it. But, um, yeah, I must say that, um, you know, and I remember ages ago when the um, the 20-inch uh, Momo Stars came out, you know, so from the um, yep. from the VL. Um, and I remember seeing those on a original director. You know, so yeah. that um, Mario from Auto Technique did, and um, I wasn't a fan of that look. I mean, yeah, to me, it had to be the same. And the more rubber, I like more rubber too. Like when it goes low profile on some of the old school yeah, cars, it doesn't look th- as good. Yeah, it doesn't but, look um, as good. But each to their own. I mean, it's everyone. If you want to customize your car, do what yeah. you want. It's your car, but just not not a huge fan of it. I agree with Michael here. Hi lads, seems seems the market is cooling off a bit now, as the same cars are still listed on most platforms. What are your thoughts? That's from Ian. Yeah, look, Ian. Um, I think there's um the dreamers. Like we were talking about earlier on, if you're wanting 600 grand for your W1 sedan, yeah, that's going to sit there for a fair bit. And I think we're going to see that flying effect. And, you know, the other part is, I guess, the scare factor that could be coming out of, um, especially with COVID, running rampant with the Delta strain. Is that going to have a flow-on effect? We might start seeing a bit of butt hurt happening from guys who have taken out loans to pay $150,000 plus for their GDS armillos and things. We could have that flow-on effect, that scare factor. People be going, uh, maybe I don't go and 
spend silly money on a um, Gen F Series HSV. Maybe it's smarter to leave that money, you know, offset against my mortgage and be smart for a while. Yeah, well, that's what we, we said might that. We that, said that so. eighteen months ago, though. And yeah, it, exactly. Then look what happened. So, so we can't um, we can't call it. It's just yeah, it has flatlined a little bit. It has been. It hasn't gone down. It's like no. property. It's not going to go down. It might flat by going down or stagnating. It might stay in the same. But there's not a lot of not as much movement there was last year. Was just bonkers. It was oh just yeah. insane. And that and that thing, it's the lockdown could cause that people at home they're bored. And, and that's thing, like I said before, I've had mates selling their nicer daily drivers because they are working from, from home. They don't need to drive a $100,000 car to go get more toilet paper when it's available at their local Coles. They can have their have that money tied up in muscle cars and just drive normal, you know, normal cars around whatever they need to do. So, that can happen, but um, yeah. It doesn't think, help um, when, you, when you can't leave your 10-kilometer zone either and open uh, the exactly. car up a little bit on the freeway. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so... so yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, look, I mean, yeah, definitely are seeing signs of it calling from if you're just looking at those platforms, yeah. But summer is coming and Christmas is coming, so we'll yeah. probably see a jump back up. Next one, surely with the price of Gen F, HSV Gen F GTSs, you would be crazy to pay that money for one when you can buy a nice AMG or M. Do you boys both think the same? That's from Wasam. Um. Yes, I do. <laughs> it's um, I think if you're going to be using it all the time and you're out having fun and yeah, I mean, I personally think that um, yeah, an M3 or a um M5 or a you know C63s AMG or E63s, yeah, far better car than just a Gen F GDS. But appreciating versus depreciating, that's the other way you got to look at it as well with some. So um, you got to look at how many in the general production run. Of AMG and M's are made compared to um, Gen F GDSs, even though there was a high number of them pumped out. But um, and that's the thing you'll, yeah. you'll probably lose yeah, less yeah. money with the, the HSV. Yeah, I think they'll, exactly. they don't make them anymore. Yeah, so, that's it. so for everyone out there, 2017 was the last year of HSVs in general. Yep. So they're still making BMWs, AMGs, M's. Oh, um, exactly. So yeah. if you look at appreciating versus depreciating parked to the side. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I'd rather an AMG or an M any day of the week. But um, yeah, like I said, if it's about tying your money up and being smart, you take a Gen F GDS. So. Yeah, and it all depends. Do you want to drive it for a year or two and then flip it? Then you'd probably, if, if you're trying to make money or not lose money, yep. HSV is the way to go. But if you want just the thrill and performance and you're okay eating a little bit of that cash yep. that you pay, then AMG and M is the way. Next one, David here. I'm um, after a good performance tire and hear mixed opinions. What do you guys use? Michelin Pilot 4S. Hands Easy. down. Hands down. For everything. Everything. Absolutely swear by them. All and weather. Yeah, that, like, that's the thing, especially being down here in Melbourne. I know I'm fine if I've yeah got a set of those on and roads are wet and then it's pissed down rain for freaking two weeks and it's um very very sketchy roads I've, you know i've had some big big powerful cars with those tires on it and still absolutely swear by them what do they run at generally so oh look i mean they're not the cheapest i mean they're right up there i think when i got them and being an oddball size in 21s i got them on the 550 um i think uh, it was about 2400 bucks for a set of four but that's my prices i do get them you know I do get looked after when it comes to tyres, but um, yeah, if, you, if you're looking on average, four fifty, five hundred bucks a corner, but yeah, fucking insane. Yeah, if it is a weekender and you aren't really going out in the wet, then you can even go one up again and get like um, Michelin Cup Twos. I've got those on the Aspect Typhoon, very very grippy, insane handling tyre. 
you know, and and I'm big into that. I mean, I used to think when I was younger, I'd um spend all the money on mods and just get cheap tires because I'd be spinning the rear <laughs> rear wheels nonstop. You know, go back down and freaking boys at motorsport. They used to see me weekly <laughs> in there for another set because I'm just frying them everywhere. But now I'm all about as much grip as possible. Yep. So yeah, handling. Um, so yeah, definitely don't skimp out one bit. There are some other brands out there for a little bit cheaper around there. You know, still your Bridgestones and your Prellies, but um, if you do want ultimate performance, yeah, Pilot 4S is the best all-rounder. Easy. Next one, we have, hey, boys, Lance here. Do you think the government will end up getting strict like they are in LA and make it near impossible to drive petrol cars? So for me- I think yeah, the writing is on the wall. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the writing is on the wall. Kind of touched on a bit earlier on. Like, yeah, that's hands down that will happen. So yeah, I don't think they'll outlaw driving petrol cars yet. I think they're going to outlaw production or try to really, yeah. really hit car makers with a, with a massive penalty for producing new petrol cars. And we'll see the flow on effect of you know what's the year they've moved to the climate change world and world ending now. Is it two thousand thirty? Yeah, 40? something. It moves, it moves every ten years. 30, when it doesn't yeah. end. So they have then they have those climate um, emissions targets. I think by two thousand and forty they want X Y Z. If I was a gambling man, I'd say you'd, you'd, you'd be able to drive petrol cars, then it'll become more frowned upon, and then you'll be paying some sort of um, heavy tax to even take your old muscle car out, I reckon, especially yeah. in Victoria. Yeah. Like we've said in an earlier podcast, they've, they're, they're, banning, um, they're banning gas fittings for new apartments now in Melbourne. Wow. Well, okay. I think in the CBD, mainly the city, yeah. city fringe. So, you build a brand new apartment, there's regulations now, you cannot put in gas fittings. It has to be all electric okay. or induction, which makes things interesting. Argument for another day, but that's why I see the writing on the wall. I think eventually they'll try to heavily outlaw petrol, oil, fuel in general. But I wonder where it's the flow and effect of that is to kind of when you just get the absolute death stairs of just driving around because that, that's what I hear over in, um, especially around San Francisco and everything, you drive something, you know, like a bit drive of a muscle car. Yeah. Yeah. Drive a muscle car around and you just get absolute death stairs. <laughs> From everyone, so uh, it is um, what it is. People, you know, judge you the same people that are complaining about about X, Y, Z, and they have five iPads, four laptops, and three phones charging every night before bed. Right. They're yeah. telling all us how to live our life. So, I mean, I'm I'm all for. I'm against a lot of that kind of stuff where people are trying to mandate what you're doing, but then straight away people label you as like, oh, you don't care about the climate. And I'm heavily against polluting oceans and polluting rivers and and just you know throwing rubbish out the window heavily against all that but i think it's the, you know some of the the greenies are um on the other side with their extremism and yeah i mean you know unless you're living in a tree with no electricity air conditioning heating don't tell me what, what i'm doing um, yeah. that's that's the hypocrisy of it all in my opinion and you know you, i'm sure you're driving a car i'm sure you've been on an airplane yeah stop judging other people <laughs> let them live their fucking life yes yeah. true that but yes, we'll see how that goes. We'll follow this space. Maybe we'll still be doing the podcast by then. We'll get an oil-powered podcast machine by then, maybe, <laughs> just to roll everyone up. Last one. Seems like you boys are both Holden and Ford. Bit weird. Why? Damien, go Bucks, he says. Damo. Why are you being so harsh, Damo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so some do say swinging both ways, and I guess you're probably alluding to that demo. Oh, you in Why are you both holding a Ford Bucks? Because I can respect a, a good car regardless of the badge. I hate. I think the weird people are the ones that are Ford all in and holding all in. It's kind of political. Like it's like following you know your politician, and he's right no matter what, or she's yeah. right no matter what, and the other ones, the other ones, the idiot. It's all their fault. It's oh, like yeah. it's the same thing with the Ford versus Holden stuff. I get the rivalry with Bath Bathurst, but yeah. You know, if there's a nice HSV, I respect it. If there's a nice FPV, I respect it. It's, it's got nothing to do. And with- I do, yeah. Like I'm, I fucking hate that shit. Especially like running the HSV group. That um, 
you know, like I saw a post the other day and, you know, I still chuckle about it. I, I get it. They're a whole rivalry kind of thing. I mean, someone posted up going, oh, why does um, why do Facebook videos only last 26 seconds? You know, it's so Ford guys can't post their quarter mile runs. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. All the shit like that. There's okay. memes and banter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. and it's, okay. I'm all right with that. I get it, but- um, It's when it gets really like, oh, fuck, you drive a Ford. Like, I, I still remember buying my- So, that Holden that I bought, I probably told this story as well, I'm not sure, yeah. but bought bought that Holden Bellina with my dad and it was like nothing special car, but for me, it was like a Ferrari, right? Red and had chrome strips on the windows and it was, it was awesome, right? And- um. I only had it for about two weeks. I'd drive it on my owls whenever I could. My old man and I went out to do some errands when I was 15, 16. Driving it out and about and um, stopping at KFC on the corner of, uh, what is that, Clayton Road and, um, is it Clayton Road and Princess Highway, that KFC on the corner there? Oh, yeah. Stop in there, get a meal, come out and, you know, that area, Springvale, Clayton, heavily Asian area, demographic, so a lot of JDM, Japanese cars and someone spat on the car. Big loogie on the window when we got back out of our, mm. of our meal and- it's kind of the same thing, not so much Ford Holden, but, you know, it's just that was my pride and joy and I didn't get it. I got out. My dad was like livid trying to find who it was and fucking yeah. throwing shit around ready to fucking fight someone and it goes back to the Ford and Holden thing. It's like I respect your car and if it's your pride and joy, I respect it and it doesn't matter what badge is on it. And Yeah, there are cars that I don't like and I laugh at and I think they're ugly, but that's I'm not going to then degrade you. Like, oh, why would you buy that? You idiot. You're, you're an idiot. It's like that's what you like. That's what you like. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, spot on and um, not what it's been like when having – that many HSVs under the sun, but then, you know, for years, our just daily driver was a territory because I still hands down, like- um, Chuck the dog in the back. Yeah, yeah. and like in, um, I think it might have been episode two or something where the actual question was um, <laughs> set to me as the, uh, what is the best built Aussie car? And I still say the Ford Territory is just overall muscle car to the side. I think that was a car we should have all been proud of as to what that car did you know, over the years of, and, um, you know- the barrel engine, hands down, fantastic. And, and I, th- I think we need to have respect for it all from, you know, the how good the GDHO was in the day. Just, you know, actually be proud of just regardless of the badge, Aussie engineering just in, in general. And, um, and yeah, I love the rivalry of Bathurst, what that created over the years. But let's be honest, the way supercars are today, it's the same fucking car. Exactly. You know, it's just, yeah. You know, it's a it's, different plastic kit on it. Different, yeah. Different sticker pack. Yeah. <laughs> same shit. So, um, yeah. and, that, and that's the thing. I think you need to really- Start looking at each kind of car in itself, just going its respect brand to the side, you know, from whether it's a Toronto, whether it's a GDHO, or you know, Bogues and I were chatting last night about uh, once again about the FPV F6, you know, how just how good that actual that car is, you know. So, so Damo, mate, uh, I suggest you start uh, respecting both because that's how we live our lives. That's it, yeah. <laughs> and if you want to hate. One or the other, that's your prerogative, but yeah, yeah. I, I just, you know, we just kind of, I like both and can appreciate the engineering in all of them and, and I have one of those rare collections where I, I kind of like um, 60s, 70s era Fords, yep. so late late 60s Mustangs, obviously, Shelbys, GTHOs, and then I kind of moved more towards HDTs, Holdens, HSVs, 80s, 90s, and then kind of 2000s, a bit of both, FPV and Fords, oh, so, and, you know, FPV and Holdens. And I think so. that's how it kind of went through, I mean, that, um, you know, I still absolutely fucking love, even though that I drive the best, is the XAGT, like, love them, you yep. know, so, but I think that's how I really ventured, I think, throughout that. Ford was on top of everything, you know, until it kind of hit, you know, until it really hit the 80s and that's when the whole part of HCT and then onto HSV, yeah, yeah. took off. And then if you kind of go through the 90s, you know, Ford really had nothing to compete with HSV and there was a lot of guys that I knew from back then, absolute four guys through and through that are kind of like, well, fucking hell, what am I going to do? Like, 
drive an EBGT when look where you know HSV's got the two one fives out now. So I'm gonna fuck. Yeah. I, I want a bloody you know I want a stroker. You know, yeah. so they were jumping ship to that, and I think that's kind of that's how it ventured in be, in between. So and um you know I think even back to um, my old man and my uncle having you know like um my uncle had a ball that um him and the family worked on that had the three five one running gear in it and everything. So even though they're holding holding family, but they knew that was the best engine to really put in. So I think that's um. A lot of guys over the years have appreciated both. So yeah, just exactly right. And my dad, my old man's probably a Ford through and through. Yeah, he's he's not a, be, he's yeah. not a shit on Holden guy and everything. So he's not, he wouldn't. You know, he's not like I hate Holdens. He just loves his Fords more than anything, and yeah. he grew up with Fords. So he was, he's a, he's a big fan of that. And I'm kind of in between. I always my era was mainly HSVs, but I appreciate both. But let's finish this real quick with a. A car transport scam. I remember you telling me about this when it happened. Yeah, and there's I, a there's a lot out there of these ones. It is car transport because as Justin will tell you, the cheapest is generally never the best. Mm-hmm. Um and sometimes peace of mind if you're just sending a junk heap, yep. you can probably cheap out on transport. But if you're sending something you care about, it's it's better to pay thousand or two thousand over the top of most quotes. Exactly. So uh yeah, so this went on to um I guess I'll tell a bit of the story about this car first. So I had a, I just bought a 7.5 Golf R that started taking it to the boys down underground performance and start off with a stage one. I literally drove it out of, um, out of the dealership and straight to them to lower it and start tuned it straight away and then started venturing in. And this car turned from stage one to stage three pretty damn quick. So that's turbo swap, everything, making about 340 at the wheels, very, very fast car. Only just finished all that, but then I still had alerts set up on my phone for uh, F80M3s. Yas Marina Blue, Silverstone Interior was kind of the ultimate pinnacle car that um, Boomer, so Andrew Quinlan, we touched on Boomer. He wanted it, I want it. I'm sitting in a work meeting one day and then I see an alert come up for car sales about um, an M3. I thought, fuck. Then literally 30 seconds later, I get a text from um, Boomer going, can you go check out this car for me? So I'm in this meeting and just pull the phone out and just kind of have a look underneath. I'm seeing it and I'm seeing the rest of this fucking meeting for probably about another 90 minutes thinking, fuck, fuck, I bet you this is damn good. I didn't want to click on the ad and look at it. Worked out of the meeting, seen this car and seen he's already arranged. Got to go out to Doncaster tonight to go check out this car from the fucking car I wanted to. I'm like, holy shit, the prick, he got it. So gone out. It was an absolute cringe for me to tell him this car's perfect. <laughs> like, yeah. not a mark on it. It'd been this guy's pride and joy. Deal done on the car, got it for him. And I literally held this car to ransom for probably about three weeks, driving around everywhere, didn't want to send it up to him. <laughs> but yeah, sent it up to him and it was killing me since. Nearly every day, I'm at, it, I'm at Boomer, sell me the car, sell me the car, sell me the car. And then uh, him and the fam came down to um, down to Melbourne, gone out for lunch at the Crown, going pretty much everywhere nonstop, sell me the fucking car. You don't need it, you don't need it, I need it. So then ended up wore him down because he goes, oh, look, it is a bit small. Like, he's, you know. He's a big guy, yeah. He is a big guy and he's and his kids are tall as well. He goes, he went down the coast. He goes, yeah, it's pretty pretty small. I might, might look at getting an M5 or something. So got off him and then I fucking wanted this car pretty much yesterday. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm talking to Phil King going, do we just jump on the plane? Do we drive this car back? Fuck, I've got a lot on for it. Can't do it. Rung the normal transport company. Said, hey, can you go pick up this car straight away? You know, I want to send down enclosed transport, paying good dollars. They're like, no, nah, they can't. They're like booked out for weeks. So I was like, fuck. So 
yeah, didn't really want to send it down with like Seaver or Patrick's because I didn't want to send an enclosed truck doing all that. You know, it's, been, it's a fucking M3, you know, like I want to make sure it gets down in one piece. So I just kind of went onto one of the online portals. I've done posts and other people didn't really get back to me through can who to go doing door to door from Toowoomba because not a lot <laughs> want to go to Toowoomba. So I use one of the brokers to go through and then to set it up and they kind of go, oh, okay, so we'll look at. Um, the best one and it was like 1780 bucks whatever they got onto this transport company so they pretty much broke it in between then connected me with the transport company had a chat to the guy really really nice on the phone he goes yeah they could get out this was like on a Tuesday he goes I can come pick it up Thursday so I'm like cool pay for it straight away yeah. Thursday rolls around hear nothing and then um, Lee who works alongside with um, with Boomer goes hey we've got the car ready are they coming Called the guy and goes, oh, we had an issue. We had to shuffle the run. Can't do it the Thursday now. I could do it Tuesday next week. We'll be there. Cool. Tuesday rolls around. Same thing. How are you coming to get the car? No, we um, we can't now. Like um, things are coming. But yeah, look, I'm looking to shuffle things around. Probably have a guy like Wednesday. Um, so it goes to be tomorrow or possibly Thursday. Again, we're working out. Don't stress. We'll get it all sorted. So, so sorry about this. I'm like, okay, cool. Same thing. Wednesday, never heard anything. Message this guy goes, I will be coming tomorrow now. We've got, already got a truck. It's coming up through Orange. It'll be there. Then I get a message Thursday going, oh, um, we've had some issues again. We're going to be getting it. I'm like, you know, now I'm starting to get a bit pissed, right? So he goes, oh, possibly he goes, the Thursday run, he goes, oh, but or there's guarantee we could have a guy on Sunday will come through. And then I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, man, this is dragging out. I'm thinking, fuck, like, then already, already going, shit. Already starting to get pissed off, and that's where I start going. All right, so what's going on here? And then rolls around. He goes, "I can't do it on the Sunday." And then I just go, "Look, don't worry about it. I want a refund now." And he goes, "Well, we're not going to refund it. It's already booked in. We've already got it in the plan load." And I go, "But plan load, this is dragging out." And he goes, oh, "Look, Monday, I'll have someone there." And this is on the this is on the Sunday now. He's saying it, so I'm thinking, "All right, the next day, still nothing." And then the, I cracked this time and said, "Mate, this is dragging out. I want this fucking car. I paid for it. What the hell's going on?" And then he goes, um, look, we'll work it all out. Wednesday, hands down, this car's getting picked up. I said, all right, that is absolutely it. Otherwise, I want a refund. He goes, we'll work it out. Wednesday rolled around, still nothing. <laughs> ring the guy, no answer. So ring through the head office. She goes, yeah, I'll escalate it. I'll find out what's going on. And that's when I started looking up. I started, I put in AAA transport. I started going through and then I start. And I start seeing a few bad reviews and jump onto, um, and I jumped onto Facebook, and then I'm seeing the other things popping up with people who have had cars missing. So it ends up being this whole people have been booking cars, some cars people have been a guy in Adelaide have been waiting like four months for this, and then there's other names under this business: AAA Transport, AAA Motor Transports, AAA Trucking Services. It's like they're just changing all these fucking business names. So here's me fucking freaking out, going. Fucking hell, what's going on here? I guess on one part of it, listen, I, they don't have the car. The yeah. car's still sitting in Toowoomba because I'm thinking, fuck, imagine if they had the car. You'd be screwed. Be gone for ages, but um, they're to the point of going that um, I was just started getting the money back. So I got onto a normal transport company I used. They recommended another um, driver who was going to get the car. So I paid him. That was like 2200 bucks. I paid him to get that sorted. And then, um, yeah. Started writing some pretty nasty emails to try and get the refund on, you know, to get my 1700 bucks back. And they're like, nah, flat out, not doing it. You know, our service to get the car. And I said, but you haven't fucking got the car. You fucked me around for a few weeks now. I want my money back. They're like, nah, nah, not getting it, not getting it. And then I started thinking, you know what? Lucky I paid for this on my credit card. 
So I called the credit card company and said pretty much showed the um you know just start the email through, show what's going on here that yeah getting scammed, not getting this, people aren't getting the refund. So they pretty much said okay. I haven't got my services. They refunded that money back and then it's up to them to go over after the transport company. But then it went on to the other trucking company has gone to pick the car up. So this other guy comes out, real busted up old truck, really, really big guy, <laughs> one headlight on this <laughs> on it and then um, Lee rings me and goes, man, I don't want to give this guy the car. And I'm like, fuck. And he tells me. So I rung the other transport company. She goes, look, his truck's not the best but- He'll get it there. He's going to go straight to you. And the sum there going, fuck, do I risk the car going on this busted up old truck? What do I do? Once again, already pay for it. I'm just going, you know what? Just do it. Got insurance on the car. Fuck it. Did it. I literally wasn't sleeping, but he did it. Ran the gauntlet. Car came through. Got it. Not a mark on it. And good. Awesome. And then- Kid you not, probably two months later, it popped up on that 60 Minutes. Yeah, about- I sent me the link. <laughs> sent me the link that the whole transport scam of this company that is getting fucking chased down the street, going, ripping off people, ripped off thousands of dollars, had all these other side business things going yeah, on. Yeah, you had like yeah, to play everything. Wasn't everything. Transport, yeah, exactly. Like- Towing services, all this <laughs> shit. Anyway, this dude, massive scammer, hundreds of thousand dollars. Adelaide, cars. Adelaide, 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 but another thing yeah, in yeah. Sydney, just all <laughs> over the place. But pretty much, yeah, cars have gone missing. Everything that, yeah, that ripped off thousands of thousands. Like the guy's just a full fucking scammer. But end of the day, this car did, just didn't end up with that scam. So end of the, so I sold this car later on. Sold it to this. Um, so pretty much, I got it. Put like ten thousand dollar wheels on it, coilovers, done the bits and pieces. Sold the car to this guy, Andrew Quinlan, <laughs> Boomer. So yeah, that's our circle goes back. back. So we do look like the biggest scammers throughout because it's just pretty much cars going back and forwards to each other. Uh, but that's what we do. So <laughs> circle of life between us. So Boomer bought the M3 back off me, and they got onto a, a transport company who ended up being another one, <laughs> another another scammer. But they did get the car, but pretty much it got damaged. Uh, throughout, so the, side curtain, the way, yeah. side curtain was rubbing up against the car on the way through. Lee rings me, goes, "What the fuck, man?" He goes, "It's there's damage on the wheel arch, but um, that's the whole thing. The side curtain just rubbing the whole way through from my place to Toowoomba. He refused to fix the car, and then the same thing. This um, was a, another transport company, but also as well, um, ripping off people." Mm. Damaging cars, not fixing them, no nothing. And the guy had a legal background, so pretty much fighting everything under the sun. So, yeah, the circle of transport scams the M3. Fortunately, I got the car safe. Mm. Boomer got the car back safe. Uh, but, um, yeah. Well, that's the thing. This, this sight unseen, it's sight unseen business for the most part. Like, you don't meet your driver. You don't meet the company. It's all yeah, done remotely. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the new age new age way of doing business. Finger pointing throughout. They, Yeah. They'll blame existing damages. So, once again, can't stress the importance. Photos, videos, whatever you do. a video walk around. That's the best way. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you do, stat decks from whoever, if you are buying cars, sight unseen, whatever you can do to cover your ass. And most most good drivers will actually, before they load, they'll walk you around the car and alert you of any marks that they've found on a sheet. Yep. And then ask you if there's any other ones you know of. Um, Most good drivers do that for 10 minutes before it gets loaded on. Oh, exactly. I've used SIVA. And ha- hadn't had an issue ever. It takes yeah. a little bit longer because they're so busy. Um, but the big the big names are better to deal with, in my opinion, just because you're paying a little bit over. You might wait a little bit longer, but you know they've got oh, they've exactly. got a network of drivers that are good. The, yeah. the other one is um, old man. Uh, what's his name? Not muscle car. 
muscle car sales, Aussie, oh, yeah. Aussie muscle car sales, forgot his name. Ah, um, uh, Chester. Chester, yes. Yeah. So I bought a car through them. No, he picked a car up actually that yeah. paid his fee for that I sold to the guy in Sydney. Yeah. And he goes, he's got the, the service where he sells the cars, but he goes door to door with a flat with a trailer yeah. on airbags that flat, flattens to the ground. Mm-hmm. He drives in personally. So yeah. whenever he sells a car for a client, um, you might list the car. He does all over Australia, listings all over Australia. He personally goes and picks it up and drops it off, which yeah. is amazing service. He came, he rocked up at, at my warehouse where the car was stored one night at like 9.30 at night, loaded yeah. it up. Cops came. Still remember the cops drove by and were like, what the hell are you guys doing? Thought, thought yeah. there was a car being stolen because yeah. um, the industrial area, a lot of dump cars, uh, stolen cars get dumped here. But yeah, that, that's a great service. Um, but yeah, generally, I'd go the bigger, the big bang and you, you're paying a little more. It takes a little longer. The yeah. way they do it is they go, they generally go depot to depot. They don't go door to door and then they employ a third party yeah. um, flatbed to get, then yeah. get it from the depot. And I've had no issues. I, I brought a car over from Tasmania like that with them and they were always good to work with. So, I'd yeah. recommend them and uh, the, the small ones you find on Google. Oh, exactly. With. And, and the other thing as well, I mean, uh, another car that I sold to um, to Boomer that I got worried then that, look, it got there in one piece, but um, I asked to meet at a servo just so I can get a good video of it getting loaded or something like that with some good lighting because they were getting it at night. They said they can't get the truck in there, met me in a side street, very, very poor lighting, so I couldn't actually get a proper video things of the car getting loaded, and I worry in those circumstances. And I and I said straight away to Boomer, I'm going, look, that, that's a worry to me. I assure you, your car's good. You've seen photos that that's on them. If anything happens, I couldn't get a video. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's at night. So just think about that as well, about timing when cars are getting collected. Try and control it as much as you can because, um, like I said, the blame game happens real fast. Of course. So, of course. All right. Let's wrap up. Cool. Rogue Bogues Car Chats Episode 8. Thanks, Justin. Remember to follow us um, at Rogue Bogues on all your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even on LinkedIn. And then there's a specific car chat on Facebook, Rogue Bogues, the car chat that Justin runs, yeah. um, obviously at Rogue Bogues on all pretty much every podcast platform and it gets uploaded to YouTube right after the pod is live. So, thanks yeah, for joining no, us. No dramas and don't forget to submit questions. So, um, obviously, I'm Andrew Bogart on Twitter. So, get on to him there. I'm at Jazza408 on Instagram if you want to flick me any um, any questions through there and also as well the uh, the Facebook page. So Yeah, and the Gmail account um, for questions is on all the social media platforms as well. So, there's a, it's just in the bio if you want to flick through some questions. But that is it. We'll see you guys next time. Cool. Thanks, guys.